Welcome back to another episode of Hattrick Lacrosse Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the three Garretts. How about Michigan? How about Michigan? I don't want to talk about it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Not to bring it, it up. Right it happened. Right out of the gates there, boy, but <laughs> I mean that yeah, was honestly, a great game. I, I didn't watch it live and I didn't realize I thought it was at Michigan all the way until I rewatched. Like I watched the highlights and then I realized it was at Maryland. It was like, oh my God, this made it even worse for me. It's impressive. I good for them. No, to whoever picked win. Michigan, fit, good on you. Like, good on you. Didn't see that coming. It was a rough week for all of us picking. I think we can conclusively say that you can literally flip a coin to pick a game in the MAC and the ASUN, and you have a better chance of winning than actually researching it. Like, it is totally up in the air. It's awesome, and at the same time, absolutely maddening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ason is crazy, um, and yeah, big props to Michigan. I th- I think they're going to be big contenders in the Big Ten now. Um, that Big Ten tournament is going to be absolute chaos. Going to be very entertaining. It's and you said all six teams are in it this year. All yep. six teams are in it. Oh boy, that's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, it doesn't absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't even matter if Rutgers, like Rutgers doesn't matter if they're oh, like doesn't matter if they don't win a game. Like if they're the six seed, they're still playing in the tournament. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I don't think they're gonna go zero and five in conference play, but I mean that that is crazy. Wow. I can tell fun. you, I can tell you, gents. I am switching up my strategy for how I conduct these picks. Basically, if there's a fifty-fifty shot, I will not listen to you either of you, and I will listen to the math. That's that smart. Presented that's to smart. me. Look I'm at the big, numbers, Voight. You will, you will see that I have a lot of deferring picks this week um that also has something to do with the fact that i am like nine eight games back from second place so there's so many games left there's so many left i know but like i think this is a good week where i can i can step over that that line that fine line a little bit um but we shall see there's no time better than the now void don't wait until the future it is April, gentlemen. It is. And we have a new top 20 with our largest collective of receiving votes, I think, at any point this year. So I will go over them quickly. For receiving votes, we have, in no particular order, Bryant, Utah, Ohio State, Brown, Delaware, and Lehigh. That's right. Six teams received votes. Yeah, we really couldn't agree on that last little 17 to 20 area the three of us <laughs> plenty of teams uh, deserve it and i'm and like all those teams deserve it maybe not ohio state but certainly a lot of other teams deserve that 20 spot i agree all right moving into our actual top 20 now we've got syracuse sticking right at the tail end like they have the last couple of weeks they're at 20 umass creeps into 19 boston sticks in after their loss to navy they're at 18. Loyola falls down to 17. And Denver drops to 16 as well after their loss to Georgetown. And at number 15, we got Penn, who's coming off a big win against Yale. That was just a no defense kind of game. 
we got Michigan entering the mix at number 14, making that big jump, um, deservedly so. Uh, Princeton is at the 13th spot, Georgetown at 12, and Villanova looking at looking just outside the top 10 right now after their uh, recent struggles. Number 10 to 6 features three Big Ten teams, starting off with Rutgers at number 10. Chapel Hill is in the top 10 now at number 9. Army, I think, actually drops a spot down to 7. Penn State is at 6. And Maryland goes from our number 1 down to our number 6. Penn State's at 7. Army's at 8. I think you said 6 twice. Oh, maybe. Right. Uh, I just want I just I just want Army to be better than they are, and I hate <laughs> you guys for ranking them lower. So there's 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 six in my heart. They're just not as good as those Big Ten teams, I think. Moving into our new rearranged top five, we have Hopkins breaking into our top five. They are number five for us this week. Notre Dame is number four. Virginia is number three. Cornell hops up to number two. And at number one for the first time this season, we have the Duke Blue Devils. Meh. Boo. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I mean, when you're sitting at 10 and 1 and you just beat UVA, who has been through the carousel of... Oh, they have to be there. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean, like, Cornell. Cornell is probably their biggest competitor right now because they've been consistently good and they're just blowing teams out of the water. Um but definitely those top two for sure. Um, and speaking of Duke, my dog of the week this week is Duke defenseman Kenny Brower. Um, before I get into a little bit of why I chose Kenny, I want to ask you two gentlemen, um, how many points do you think Levi Anderson and Connor Schellenberger combined accumulated in those games? Because St. Joseph's played Duke last week. UVA played Duke. Friday, how many points do you think without looking at the stats? I I already know Schellenberger's because I looked at UVA's box score as soon as that game ended, and I was impressed by it because I wondered how that happened. I do not know how many Levi scored, but I would guess like eight-ish to seven. Combined? Yeah. Combined, yeah. I'm going to go five combined. Levi Anderson did not record any stat. Oh no, Levi! Against Duke, um, Connor Schellenberger oh, had three assists, zero goals. Kenny was matched up against both of them, so he is the dog of the week for, for keeping you, probably Kenny. two of the keeping probably two of the hottest names in lacrosse right now to zero goals and three assists. So over over the course of two games, um, I mean. Kenny, like when you think of Duke, you think Brendan O'Neill, Dyson Williams, and that exciting offense. And Kenny and the defense at Duke don't get enough shine. They're a very solid defense. I think they're number 11 or 10 in scoring defenses this year. So they're very solid. Um, so I wanted to give Kenny the shine because, you know, as a dog, you're not looking to uh, record like insane stats, but you're going out there you're doing your job and you're putting your best team in the best possible position to win and that's what they did um so yeah congrats to kenny um i expect to see him again here soon 
they got a few tough games. I know they have Notre Dame this week. So excited to see how he plays and excited to see how that defense plays against uh, a very talented Notre Dame offense. Another excellent choice for dog of the week. We had 47 games this past week. Uh, like I said, it was not our finest outing, but man, was it a tough week of picks. Mr. Voigt went 27 and 20. I went 29 and 18 and Dryban edged me out by one going 30 and 17, which means Voigt is now at 242 and 107. I'm at 251 and 98. Dryban now extends his lead by two to 253 and 96. Why, thank you. Shut your mouth. Good to get to the game. <laughs> All righty. Just jumping um, into it. Oh, oh, oh. I get to my go bad. I jumped. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. I'll admit. We have Tuesday before Friday. Uh, only two Tuesday games this week, so not that many. Um, and there's no games on Wednesday, so really like zero midweek games. Uh, our first matchup is St. Joe's is traveling over to Monmouth and... Oil oh boy, I'm going to keep this quick, but I'm so happy because St. Joe's may have finally found the solution to their goalie problem. Shane Ryan, like I said, and I have mentioned multiple times, their fourth string to start the season, has now kept over 50% in two games straight. I am so happy for him. And hopefully this team can keep rolling with that momentum with some solid goalie play in the back. So I'm picking Hawk Hill in the Battle of the Hawks. St. Joe's and Monmouth. Yes, it is. It is not a not a New Jersey, but it is close by New Jersey, Philadelphia, a relatively short commute. Yeah, this is a this is a good week for St. Joe's. You got Monmouth here and then you got St. Bonaventure on the weekend. A really nice, I think, tune up weekend for the remainder of the A-10. So, yeah, 100 percent St. Joe's here. Yeah, I mean, so the rise right on my mouth, Glazer. Um, Hawk Hill. I got those guys. Next up, we have a pretty important and interesting uh, midweek matchup. Number 18, BU, is on the road to unranked Yale, sitting at 3-4. and four. This was a really interesting game last year. Yale beat BU for, I think, the first and only time last year, 22-15. to 15. If I had to pick this game prior to this past week of games, I would definitely have taken BU. But I watched that Navy game on Friday, and oh my God, did they look just awful. Like, they never got it going. Matt Garber kept them in that game single-handedly. So not impressed by the Terriers. On the flip side, Yale lost, but they lost to another Penn Quaker miracle win. And I think they looked a lot better. Yeah, they gave up a lot of goals, but that's just who they are. The offense, though, looked a lot better. I like Yale in this game because of the offense. I like Yale at home. I think this is a bit of a get back to 500 game for Yale, but a great, great midweek game. This is certainly one of the tougher midweek games that we've had to pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Terriers here um, because I think that game against Navy was more so Navy has been like on a slow incline the last few weeks and I think BU just came out a little flat-footed and didn't know what to expect um Yale yeah I mean they can score a lot of points um and they certainly uh bounced back a little bit um after giving up two 20-piece games um but I'm still not too confident in them it took them a little bit to get going in that Penn game 
And I think BU is going to come out a little hot, especially on a short week um, and losing to Navy. Um, and this is a big this is a big game for BU too because they need to get back on track. Um, and I think they're a very solid team, and I think they have the guys to get back and into the groove of things. So I'm going to go with the Terriers here. Yeah, Yale's defense is still terrible. Um, I'm just happy their offense decided to show up for a game or to a game for once. Uh, I just – they're in an 0-3 losing streak. I don't know when the last time that's happened because I don't – like Yale just hasn't seemed like they had those at all over the past like five years since Andy Shea's really kicked this program into gear. And I can't see them losing to a really important out-of-conference game right now at home of all places. And they have Dartmouth after that. I just – I can't see Yale losing. So I, I got to go with Yale at home in this game. All righty. And uh, now these are Friday games? No Friday night. No, no Wednesday or Thursday games. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a plethora of ranked matchups and ranked teams playing. Uh, the first one we have is our surprise team, number 14, Michigan, coming off a big win against the Maryland Terps, taking on the number 10, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a gritty game, I think. I think Michigan is going to be very physical with them and looking look, will look to utilize a lot of like the middle of the field and the middle of the crease on offense. So I think this is going to be a very tough game. Rutgers, they need a bounce back. Um, I'm still a little 50-50 right now. I have Rutgers at the moment, but I could very well change my mind uh, considering the poor like spread and money line stats that they have had this year. So I might feel differently on Thursday, but for now I'm going to stick with Rutgers. Yeah, I am also Rutgers right now, Michigan. I mean, hats off to them. They did the job against Maryland. And I think this Michigan team is a team that honestly could beat anybody if it's their day, but it does not seem like it's their day that often. I mean, they've still lost to like Marquette and a couple other programs that they definitely shouldn't be to be considered top tier. The consistency is not just not there for me. So I'm, I'm going to pick Rutgers this week. I'm with you, Voight. I'm really tempted to take the Wolverines here. Um, surprise, one of the surprises of the year, no doubt, uh, was that game and just how much they handled that halftime lead and stuck with it and really just kind of kept the pressure on Maryland. Incredibly impressive by Big Blue. But I am also going to take Rutgers here. And I'm going to take Rutgers because they are 0-2 in the Big Ten. And I know we just said a little while ago, you can lose every Big Ten game and still make the conference tournament. I think it's just so important for Rutgers to kind of get one back on the field here in conference. And I think for that reason, they they don't let this one slip away at home. Moving on to the next matchup, we have some ACC play. We've got number three, Virginia, traveling to number nine, North Carolina. And UNC's had a, about two weeks, I think pretty much two weeks uh, break since their last game against Providence. So they're going to be ready to go at home in this in this game. But they are one and five against UVA during the regular season since 2018. Uh, and I really don't think this is going to break the trend. Um, UVA needs another bounce back game, as crazy as that sounds. But I, I just, 
I don't think they're going to lose against UNC, who I is definitely clear cut a level beneath of Notre Dame, Duke, and Virginia. And I think Virginia knows it can't <laughs> just lose the ACC games that are kind of gimmies for them. So I think Virginia is going to come out and put UNC on its back. I don't know. I'm I'm a little indifferent. I don't know if this is really a gimme game because of I'm just I don't I'm not too sure about UVA's offense going up against this UNC defense. I think UNC is a little bit hungry for a statement win, especially in the ACC. So I think they're going to really bring it to them. I mean they're on a I mean the UNC's riding hot. They're on a three-game winning streak right now. Um UVA coming off a of, Big loss against Duke, um, but they still played them close. And for that, I'm going to stick with UVA here. But I think UNC is going to make this real tough on them. I am not as high on UNC this year. Still, they're seven and three, but for me, they just haven't been all that. I mean, it feels like they've just kind of risen through the ranks just by kind of being good enough and beating the right people, right? I think. Looking back, that Hopkins win is probably carrying more weight than it actually did at the time. And I think that Ohio State loss is kind of hitting them hard right now. But this is where I think UNC season hits the downward trend. You have Virginia, Syracuse, and then Notre Dame twice. I think they finish the year one and three. I don't think they get any of these Virginia Notre Dame games. I, I, I just think drive in, you're right. Notre Dame, is, I'm sorry, UNC is just a step below them, and I, I don't think they get them. So I got to go Virginia here. All righty, moving on. We now move on to our dark horse matchup. We have our dark horse team, Navy, taking on Glazers number 17, Loyola Greyhounds. Who Let's make it clear. Just... I'm the only one that ranked them. I'm the only one that ranked them. I don't understand why. They should not be ranked in the top 20 anymore. They just there are simply should other not. deserving teams. I would say at this moment. Um, they're not just deserving, they're better Voight. You can go out and <laughs> they are better teams. I, I said it without saying it. That's, that's where I was kind of <laughs> yeah. getting at. Um, I mean, this should be a very good game as well. I mean, Loyola, they were very, uh, it, was, it was very rough going there for the first half of that Holy Cross game. I think they were tied or like had a one goal lead at, at halftime. Um, and Navy's really hot right now. Um, but I think Loyola getting their, their stuff together, um, in the second half really elevated their team a little bit. Um, they seemed to very much more positive, had a lot more energy. So I'm going to go with the Greyhounds here, but I, I'm, I'm expecting another physical matchup. I don't know what I saw from Navy on Friday, but it somehow worked and that got them a really nice win against BU. I've been clearly high on Loyola all year, and it's clear that they are struggling a little bit. Um, But I think this would be a great game. If there wasn't so many good games on Friday, I would be at Ridley watching this game live. Um, If this game is in Annapolis... Navy might be a pretty good pick, but I think Ridley, we cataloged it, is just a awesome place to play. And I think it gives the Hounds what they need to win games like this. 
So, yeah, I think Loyola gets another win. You guys better freaking rank him. I I agree. I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet. I still think Loyola wins this. I think Navy beating Boston is an anomaly. I do not think Navy's good still. Um, just one thing to look out, though, is the fact that Loyola did not have Luke Stout in their game against Holy Cross. So, Do we know why that wasn't the case? I don't know. I don't know either. He's injured or what? If that was a one game miss or what? Yeah. Don't know if he'll miss more time, but yeah, I'll I got I'll go back and listen to it because I I only watched like the second quarter on, but I imagine they said it at some point in the pregame. I, but move. I imagine they did, but yeah, yeah. Go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> next up, uh, numbers our number six Maryland Terrapins taking on Ohio State. They're traveling to Columbus to visit that new stadium that they got over there. Um, Ohio State just, they don't look good. Um, I think they're on like a four or five game losing streak at this point. Um, or actually, no, they're not. They uh, they have lost five of their last seven games. Um, just not looking good for them. Maryland got hit with the injury bug a little bit. Owen Murphy. Uh, sustained a significant injury. He's their one of their starting midfielders and certainly a guy who uh, puts a lot of points on the board for the Terps. So it's going to be tough without having him, possibly. I don't know the extent of the injury, but I'm going to stick with the Terps here. I think their defense is really good. Their offense, they still got a lot of depth, um, much more than Ohio State, who I think is very much a one-line midfielder um, type team. Um, they have some supporting players on their second line, but I don't know if they can hang with the, the short stick D middies on for Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State is bun cheeks. They're just not good, plain and simple. <laughs> A week after I praise Skylar Walland for having over 70% against Rutgers, he comes out and drops a fat deuce against Penn State and had a 35% <laughs> day. Like he should have been pulled. That man was not saving anything. He was Swiss cheese out there. Uh, and they're going to be Swiss cheese against Maryland. That's just, just not a good team. I, I think their only hope here is being at home and putting on a performance like they did against Rutgers, but now we're seeing that Rutgers maybe is faltering a little bit too. So, yeah, I think if I'm Coach Tillman, I'm looking at my boys and I'm saying, hey, guys, you lost to Loyola. Look at Loyola. And then now he gets to say, hey, guys, you lost to Michigan. Let's just let that sink that in. The amount of pride this Maryland program has and you lose to Michigan at home, oh, baby. If that does not fire up the turtles, I don't know what will. I would love to see Maryland put up a lot on uh, Ohio State and kind of re-cement their status in the top five. Moving on to Saturday games. We've got a huge slate on Saturday this week. Our first matchup is number 19, UMass Minutemen traveling to Richmond in a really interesting A-10 matchup. So, as always, as it is with UMass this season, this is about their defense going up against the other team's offense. And Richmond has only scored more than 12 goals once this season. And that was way back when in February against Bucknell, who we all know is a struggling team this year. They are averaging 10.8 goals per game over the last five. On the other hand, UMass hasn't 
gone over 12 goals in any game this season. So in a game in which the defense is going to be the thing that I need to trust more because both offenses clearly are struggling, I, I have to take UMass because of that close defensive unit with Sharkey and Campbell. And in my opinion, first team All-American goalie, that note, I, I just, I'm going to take the minute on the road in this A-10 matchup. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. Um, when I look at the A-10, I'm not really trying to put hold, hold too much weight to the games that they had earlier in the season. Richmond, they lost to Maryland 15-4. to um, Freaking uh, UMass, oh, hold up. UMass, they barely beat Army, lost to BU, lost to Yale. Um, but for me, I have, I just have to look at like how these teams are playing recently because teams like that who play more need to play more as a unit than anything else, um, their recent success really holds a lot of weight. They play, UMass played a Brown team that didn't have five of their top key guys. Um, barely beat High Point, lost to Rutgers. Um, but then when you look at Richmond, uh, lost to St. Joe's by two, beat St. John's, um, lost to a Georgetown team who has been playing pretty well over the last few weeks, and all those games were away too. So this is cert- I think this is a good home matchup for them at the right time. I'm going to go with the Spiders here. I think UMass's defense will win them almost any game against an opponent the caliber of Richmond. I thought the defense played exactly how they needed to against a very potent Panther offense this past weekend. And the UMass offense did just enough. And I think that's going to be the blueprint here. Defense wins the game. Offense do just enough. So I like the minimum on the road. Next up, we have an A-Sun matchup between a couple of the top teams in the A-Sun right now. Bellarmine sitting at 7-3. and three. Um, Overall, 2-2 two and two in the A-Sun. Air Force 7-4, and 4-1 four, four and one in the A-Sun. Um, Air Force is going to Bellarmine, so Bellarmine will be the home team. I still think that Air Force is the better team here. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Bellarmine, not a bad dark horse pick, but yeah, I think Air Force etches this one out in a in a tight one, no doubt. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Bellarmine's, I was high on them. They're only at the beginning of the season when they started five and one. They're two and two since then. Even though they're at home, I, Air Force still is a really good side for me at the top of this A-Sun, so I'm going to go with the Falcons. Next up, we have a very fun matchup, I would say. That's how I would describe it. Just a fun game to watch, especially since Mercer is on the up and up. Cleveland State, Glazer and I have been talking a lot about them this week. Uh, Cleveland State will be going down to Georgia to face the Bears. Um, I mean, Cleveland State, they've they've been hanging around. They've lost three straight. Um they lost those games to Robert Morris, Jacksonville, and Air Force, the top, probably three of the top five teams in the ASUN currently. Um, and they have another top five ASUN matchup against Mercer, um, who has seen recent success. They're on a two game winning streak. Uh, 
recently beat Robert Morris nine to eight, beat Bellarmine fifteen to twelve, and had that intense game against Jacksonville a few weeks ago or about a week ago. Um, honestly, you could go either way, but I think you got to look at Mercer and say Ashton Wood has hit his stride as of late. Um, Cleveland State, you can hang around in some games, and I might feel differently about this pick later on, but I'm going to stick with Mercer. Um, Cleveland State, I think they're very fun to watch. I think they're a very gritty team, and they can put points on the board. Um, It all just depends on what kind of Mercer team we're going to see because we could see the Mercer team that has won three of their last four, or we could see the Mercer team that lost four straight earlier in the season. Um, So certainly a pick that you can go either way, but I think you got to go with recent success um, right now and go with the Bears. Voight, I would agree with you about not knowing which Mercer team would show up if they hadn't played four games in a row of this caliber. If this was like after that Jacksonville game, I'd probably take Cleveland State. I am... Fully in on Mercer, though, in this matchup right now, just because of the fact of how consistent they've been. And you pointed out Ashton Wood hitting his stride. He definitely has. For me, it's the fact that in their first seven games, this Mercer offense only went over eight goals once, and that was in their win against Holy Cross. In their last four games, they have scored nine or more in every single one of those games. So their offense has turned a corner. And not only did they score more than nine goals, they scored 15 or more in three of those games. So like they're like doubling their out like their production they did the first half of the season, which is really impressive to do that really fast and consistently. And one of those teams was against Jacksonville, which we all had ranked in the top 20. So like this is not a bad Mercer side. So because of all those things, I, I this team, I think, is, boy, you were right. And we all kind of laughed at you when you said it at the beginning of the season because of how poor they looked when you called Mercer a dark horse in the A-Sun. But they are a dark horse in the A-Sun. That is no doubt in my mind. So I, I like the Bears at home in this game a lot. <laughs> you guys have done, an, yeah, an excellent job framing this game. I will only add a little bit more color, and that is Mercer has won the last two against Cleveland State. They were 11-9 and 10-9 victories. So what we can almost guarantee you is that this is going to be a very, very entertaining game in the A-Sun. But for all of the reasons you guys said, going to take Mercer here, cannot go against what's happening in Georgia. Who would have thought after the Bucknell game this would have happened? Like. Good for you, Mercer. Let's see what you can do in this conference. All right, moving on to some CAA play. We've got Fairfield traveling to Delaware. Uh, Delaware has made sure everybody in the CAA knows they're the team to beat once conference play started. I think they're going to win this game at home and get to 4-0 in conference. Full agreement from, from me here. Uh, Fairfield has kind of been not improving in the way that I'd like them to see. And I think Delaware is right around that top 20 and is looking to get back in the top 20. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with Delaware here. Um, it's looking like it's them and Drexel in the CAA right now. Um, so I and any other team, I don't feel too confident. In. Maybe Stony Brook, but we'll see. Next up, we have another ASUN matchup. We have Lindenwood on the road to Detroit Mercy. 
you might remember last week, I think some of us took uh, Queens. I'm sorry, we took Detroit Mercy. Let me rephrase that. We took Queens. Detroit Mercy won. We switched it to Detroit Mercy, and guess what happened? Queens won. So we looked like idiots. Yep. Here's what's going to happen this week, though, for me. I went in doubt for me with the A-Sun, which is pretty much every game. I'm going to take the home team because I feel like it's super important, and I think the same rule applies to the MAC. So Detroit Mercy did not travel well to North Carolina to play Queens, but Lindenwood has to travel this time from Missouri. So I think Detroit Mercy has the edge here, and I think they showed well in their win against Bobby Moe. So I'm going to go with the Titans, and I promise not to switch. I I kind of agree with you about the home field thing, for sure. I think with those conferences, the MAC, the CAA, um, and the ASUN, uh, home field definitely has a lot more weight to it. Um, but I like the way Lindenwood is playing. Um, besides that Marquette game at the beginning of the year, they've fought teams um, tooth and nail. Um and they're, they've shown that they're not afraid of anybody. And Detroit Mercy, I kind of see the opposite. I think they play they play a little complacent against Queens. Um, jury's still out on if they uh, come out and do the same thing, but I don't imagine they will. And I imagine that they'll probably be a lot more physical with uh, Lindenwood this time around. But I got I'm going to stick with the Lions here, and I might switch to Detroit. What I'm with you. I'm taking Lindenwood in this game. Uh, they got a little bit schmacked by Bellarmine, but I think that was just Bellarmine being very angry that they lost to a Mercer team they probably definitely thought they should have beaten. Uh, in that game, too, um, Blake Nolan, Lindenwood's goalie, had his by far his worst game besides the Marquette game. He only saved 30%, 36% against Bellarmine, so I don't envision him having as terrible of an outing. And Detroit Mercy, I just like, they lost to Queens. I'm sorry. Queens is so bad to me this year. I, I can't, I cannot get that out of my head. So I'm taking the Lions. Next up, we have Providence on the road against Georgetown. I'm going to take Georgetown here. Really impressed by their win against Denver. I think this is a decent Big East win. Just going to mention that Providence was our dark horse pick last week. None of us took them and they beat Marquette. So this team's capable of something, but not against Georgetown. Yeah, we did call that. And none of us actually took our own <laughs> advice, which is a little bit salt in the wound. But, you know, Georgetown did a freaking great job against Denver at home. And this game is also at home for the Hoyas. So I'm picking Georgetown in this game. Yeah, I think at this point, after Georgetown's winning against Denver, they're only the only thing standing in their way now is Villanova. Uh, to an automatic bid to the tournament. So I'm going to go with the Hoyas here. Um, I'm back on them, but not all the way back. Make it to the tournament, and we'll talk. If you lose to Providence, I'm pulling a 180. Absolutely. (laughs) As I think all of us probably would. Mm -hmm. Next up, we're going back to the CAA. We have Monmouth traveling to Hampton. And, oh, Hampton, it is not your time yet. Monmouth is winning this game. I feel like every week, every week I say Hampton, we're getting closer to your time, but yeah, it's it's not yet. It's going to be Monmouth here. I have Monmouth as well. Moving on to another A10 matchup, we've got 
Hobart traveling to High Point. High Point is on an 0-3 skid during their most recent three-game away stretch, uh, and they could not have a home game come at a better time. Um, Hobart worries me a little bit just because their offense is really hot and cold, and they can either be really on or really off in a game. And I don't see this game ending up any other way besides a shootout. <laughs> so I, I have to place my trust in a home team in this one. I'm, I'm going to take high point in this game. Yeah, I, I it's it's one of the, it's another A10 matchup where I I'm just not like too convinced about anybody in the A10 other than St. Joseph's and maybe Richmond. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, I'm you, I'm just gonna default and go with the home team here and take high point. Um, I might feel differently, but again, it's one of those games you can go fifty fifty, but you're not really happy about the, either pick. Yeah, I think this is the first time in history that Hobart and High Point have played. So cool little historical fact there. Yeah, Hobart has just been weird. Good offense, giving away games, but High Point is the same. They're their potentiality, they just have, both these teams have huge swings. I even like went to the stat book for this one and they have very similar stats that doesn't convince me one way or the other. So when in doubt, I'm going to go with the home team. I think High Point, like Dryman said, is probably do a win. And that's a long way for Hobart to travel south. So I like the Panthers. All right, moving on. I This is a, either our second or third Patriot League matchup. Holy Cross is taking on Lafayette. Um, short, sweet, to the point. I have the Leopards here. No other explanation. They're the better team here. Totally agree. Holy Cross, I don't know if you're going to get a win this year. Lafayette, I think you win this game. And I think if you make the Patriot tournament, you might be able to pull off an upset against someone. The Leopards are still dangerous. Holy Cross is the bus driver and captain of the struggle bus this year. Lafayette will win. Holy Cross is leading the struggle crusade. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, they are. That is correct. Oh, gosh. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to divert there from that. Um, now we have another A-Sun matchup. Queens is taking on our panic button team this week, the Jacksonville Dolphins. Um, Jacksonville just has had a weird last three games. Um they played Mercer tight. Um, give me one second here. Pull up my pull up my stats for Jacksonville. I mean, they nearly they probably lo- should have lost to Cleveland State, and they lost to Utah. Um, so I think really their only chance at this point to make the tournament is to win the ASUN. Um, they lost uh, Hopkins. That Duke win is big, but Duke has also hit their stride a little bit. Um, but as far as this matchup goes, I think you got to go with Jacksonville. Clearly the better team, um, looking for a pick me up. Fascinating situation here with Jacksonville. All of us, not, I'm sorry to say this, should say it this way. None of us ranked Jacksonville. They didn't even receive votes. I think we all said it kind of amongst ourselves last week. If Jacksonville loses a game, they're out of the rankings. They're not playing well enough, but at the same time, Jacksonville has a win over the number one team in the country. 
they weren't then. But th- that's just crazy, right? So they are capable. It's just they're not playing that way. And I don't know if it's because they're playing lesser competition or what. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to beat Queens. But at this point, it is do or die for Jacksonville. They need the conference win if they have any imagination of making the tournament. That one Duke win is not going to carry them. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville is going to win this game. Because, like I said, Queens is just terrible to me. Um, but if anything, that Duke win for Jacksonville is going to hold Duke back from getting a one seed and not push Jacksonville to go into the tournament, if that makes sense. It's going to pull a lot more on Duke than it's going to pull. It's going to pull down on Duke more than it's going to pull Jacksonville up. And the last thing, not only did Jacksonville lose to Utah, those boys got destroyed in the first half. Like, it was not pretty. Utah was just having fun with them. They're like, wow, these guys aren't good. Let's just have a field day and throw some wild – like, what was it? Utah's first goal was an absurd, ridiculous, just over the head. chug it behind my shoulder, hope it goes in, stings the top corner. Like, it's backyard lacrosse against a team that was supposed to be, like, in the top ten. No, thank you. A Queens will lose to them. Jacksonville has a win over the number one team by default, pretty much. That's fair. fair. Everybody else is just chaos. Next up, we have Manhattan on the road to VMI. Boys, could I not be more pissed at myself? I take VMI, I take VMI, (laughs) and I don't take VMI, and they win on the road in Canisius? Oh, man. I was so excited for the Keydets to get that win, but also at the same time, I turned to my dad and was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. It's like I didn't take Loyola against Maryland. <sighs> but despite that win against Canisius, that is not enough for me to be convinced to take VMI over Manhattan. Even though they are home, I think Marish played Manhattan very well, but I do think Manhattan is definitely better than VMI, and I do think they win this game. If I, if VMI wins again, I, 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 oh man, I'll be so upset. I'm not going to hold a lot of weight for VMI beating Canisius. I know we called them good, but I think the better phrasing is better is what we used. And VMI played better against Canisius. So Manhattan, like I said, only consistent team in the Mac for me. I think the Jaspers are going to win this game. Honestly, um, yeah, I think you could probably go either way if you look at like the recent history between these teams Manhattan um is uh has won three of the last five matchups but they've gone back and forth each year I believe um and the goal differential average from those five is a little over three so expect a close game VMI big win against Canisius looking for another big win so don't count them out I'm going to stick with Manhattan for now um, because they have a great defense and I think they can stick it to these guys pretty well. Um, but don't count out VMI just yet, Glazer. Mentally, I'm not, but pick, picking I am. <laughs> Next up, we have St. John's on the road to Marquette. I think this one is pretty cut and dry, straightforward. Marquette should take care of this one. Yeah, um, Marquette. They're they've won the last five matchups in this game. They've lead the series nine to one. Um, St. John's only win was in like 2013, 
Um, so unless Marquette lays an egg, um, I'm going to stick with the Golden Eagles here. St. John's is the only other team besides Holy Cross in the league that is 0-10. Marquette's going to win this game. Next up, we have another ranked matchup. The Syracuse Orange are going to Princeton, our number 13 team, uh, this week. Um, Princeton sitting at 4-4 four and four right now. Um, you know, they've hit a stride now. They um, look like they're playing like a unit the last few weeks. Um, but so is Syracuse. So... I think despite their, you know, very lopsided loss to Notre Dame, I think if, you know, Entman doesn't make that controversial save, I think it's a much closer game. And I think that um, Syracuse doesn't lose the juice that they had. Um, they had going before that moment. So I think this is the game where Syracuse brings it all together. They shock the world take down a very good Princeton team. I got Syracuse here. I love you, Voight, as a man, but this this is this is not I, this is not a good game for Syracuse. And I think you're so wrong for taking them here. And I think you're both so wrong for even considering them in the top twenty. I, I, I don't know what you see in this Syracuse team. May, I, I do have a personal bias against them, but I, I don't think they're very good. And I think they played Notre Dame well enough to make it look good. But then Notre Dame said, yeah, we're that much better than you. Let's just win this game in one quarter. I would take Princeton even, in the, even if this game was in the Dome, but because it's not and Syracuse is on the road, I like Princeton even more here. I think this team is just trending at the right time. And I think this team is probably, I think, going to have to duke it out with Penn to see who gets that maybe at-large Ivy League bid. And I think maybe Princeton gets it done here and inches another step closer to getting the tournament. Syracuse is fully deserving to be in the top no. 20. Thank no. you very much. No, they do. They, right they deserve to be there. You can't rank them above Loyola. I don't know how you do that. They are. They would destroy Loyola. Sorry, but they would beat them by multiple goals if they played those hounds at Ridley. Even they would beat them by multiple goals. I think. Um, I am taking Princeton in this game, though, and that's mainly because of the fact that Syracuse has played every single game except for two in the dome this year, and. The Dome is probably one of the best home field advantages in the country, I would say. Hofstra and who else? Maryland. Maryland, right. Okay. Which was a close game, by the way. There it was. Go. Yes, I agree. Um, but I just, I, this Princeton team is really good. I, uh, they're on the come up. Syracuse, I do think, is a really good team. I think this is going to be like a one or two goal game. It's going to be really close. But just because Princeton's at home. I like them in this game. A little, Next up. Oops, sorry. Before Go ahead, finish on, it. I, I do want to add some stats. This is the first meeting between these teams since 2013. Um, Syracuse is leading the series 20 to 9. Um, I believe Princeton's last win was maybe before the new millennia. So the we'll tyranny we'll era. We'll see. 
we'll see. Um, but yeah, let's 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 move on. Enough enough about the orange. I'm already tired of talking about them. <laughs> Next up, we have another interesting MAC matchup. We have Siena on the road to Quinnipiac. Siena beat Quinnipiac 15 to 10 last year after having lost the three prior meetings to the Bobcats. Bobcats are one and three in their last four regular season games. They lost to Wagner, Manhattan, and the Mount, but they beat a Marist team who just beat Manhattan. Shows you the parody of the MAC. Siena, though, only has one road win this year, and it took overtime against Canisius in that ridiculously winter storm game. It's tough, it's tight, but I'm going to go with the Bobcats. I think, like I've harped on it before, home field advantage is huge in the MAC, and I think this is an opportunity for Quinnipiac to maybe try to rise in the standings of the conference. So I like it in a very tight kind of 10-9, game, but I'm going to take the Bobcats. Yeah, I think those numbers are spot on. Um, like you said, uh, Quinnipiac leading the series five to four um, in the last five. It's been three to two in favor of Quinnipiac. The goal differential in those last five games is barely over two. So it's going to be a tight game. And the average total of those five games is 20.2. So definitely wouldn't be surprised to see a single digit one to two goal game. Um, I'm going to stick with the Bobcats here because of their recent success. Um, but Siena has played these guys tight before. Expect it again. You can go 50-50 either way. Um, or actually, wait. No, I went with Siena here. Apologies. Apologies. I will not. Unless you want to go with Quinnipiac. No, I'm wondering no. if you're making a lot of change. I have so many. I, I made so many changes to this document yesterday that my brain doesn't even know what I picked in some very obvious ones. I have to, had to look back multiple times in this recording. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints here. Um, recent success aside, I know I just said that, but um, Quinnipiac, oh no, wait, Quinnipiac has lost the last two, so I'm I'm not liking their recent game. Siena um, won the last couple, so I'm going to go with the Saints here, um, but going to be a very tight, very low-scoring matchup. Yeah, I just don't like Quinnipiac as a team ever since I chose them to beat Bryant in a game that I very much am so just disappointed myself for picking. I I don't think they're going to win this game, even though it's at home. I'm also picking Sienna with Boyd. Ryband's like the mob boss of picking. If some a team does him wrong or crosses him, he's like, never again. <laughs> they don't deserve my pick. They don't deserve it. <laughs> Next up, we have Sacred Heart on the road to Wagner. That's right. This is a Sacred Heart team that started 0-7 and, and has since gone 2-1, and beating uh, BMI and LIU, losing to Marist in between. I think Sacred Heart gets their third win of the conference against the Seahawks in this one. Wagner just looks oh, so, oh, so bad. I'm also picking Sacred Heart. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Sacred Heart is definitely the play here. They lead the series ten to four, um, but Wagner has won the last two matchups 
um, in the last two years. So I wouldn't count out Wagner too much in this game, but let's look at the let's look at the series total. It's ten to four in, in favor of Sacred Heart. Going to go with the Pioneers here. All right, our next game is UMass Lowell traveling to UMBC. And as poor as UMBC's offense was against Albany, I don't think they're going to be outscored by UMass Lowell just because of how good their defense is. So I'm going to be taking the Retrievers at home in this game. Same here. This is a, a good, good, convenient week for UMBC to kind of get back on track after a very, very tough loss against Albany. Yeah, I I mean, you got to go with LIU, or I mean, not LIU, NBC. I was looking at the wrong game. Um, apologies. This is why I shouldn't have coffee at 730 at night. <laughs> You're all over the place, boy. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Retrievers here. Um, honestly, if they don't, if they don't cross like any team who, you know, is of their caliber or above, they should be fine and they should win those games. But I do not trust them against the uh, like matchups. Well, boy, your head was in the right place. LIU is our next game, and they're hosting the Canisius Golden Griffins, another very tough MAC matchup. Canisius, they are playing better. They have, I think, moved to the back of the struggle bus and are, like, looking out the back window and trying to, like, exit it in that emergency exit to get back with, like, the rest of the OK teams. Uh, despite their loss to BMI, I thought they actually played pretty well. And I think their offense was pretty efficient when they were given the opportunities. But Canisius, like pretty much every other MAC team, is 0-4 on the road, whereas LIU is 3-2 and at home on the year. And I think after losing to Sacred Heart, the Sharks bounce back, and I think they beat Canisius here. But probably another close matchup, maybe a little higher scoring, thinking like the 13-16 to range. Yeah, I I got to go with LIU. I think this is the first time these guys are playing each other. I think you're right. But yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I I tried looking for them on the, both teams' website, but I just couldn't find anything. Um, I mean, it's, it's a weird one. I'm not sold on LIU. I'm not sold on Canisius either. Um, but Canisius has been playing hard despite losing three – uh, three straight games since that Marist win. Um, but I think LIU bounces back and they take them down. Boyd, I'm with you. I don't trust either of these teams, but there is one thing I trust in the MAC: home field advantage. I'm taking LIU. Next up, we move to the Ivy League, where our number two ranked Cornell Big Red travel to the Harvard Crimson. Last year, the Ivy League was all about parity. This year, it is Cornell and everyone else. Uh, Cornell looked excellent against Dartmouth. I think Cornell takes care of Harvard here, a Harvard team that kind of struggled a little bit against a kind of poor Colgate team. So I think Cornell continues to cruise here. Yeah, Cornell is head and shoulders above everybody else in the Ivy this year. They're going to continue that run against Harvard. Yeah, I got Cornell. Um, and if you don't, I don't know what you're taking, but definitely stop. Next up, we have Dartmouth on the road to Yale. 
And let me tell you what, very enticing to take Dartmouth in this matchup, um, especially with Yale having a big midweek game against BU. But I can't bring myself to do it. I think, I, I said earlier, I thought Dartmouth would get another Ivy League win after beating Harvard. I thought that win would have come against Brown, but now I have a lot more respect for Brown. Maybe this is their other Ivy League win. I don't know. I, Cornell really shut down the big green, and I think Yale is kind of like, all right, we need to get our act together. And so I think Yale kind of uses the midweek game to their advantage and to say, okay, this is a week we can go 2-0, and and we can get to 500 and then get back above 500. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs here. But big green is by no means a bad pick. I'm going to have to disagree. I think Yale bullies these guys. Um, despite Yale's poorest defense this year, I think that this is probably the game where they get back on track and they really stay with these guys, stay in their hands, take the ball away, um, try and gain some confidence because I think they're going to lose to BU um, tomorrow night. So I think this is where they just say, hey, Dartmouth, we're sorry, but you're you're just the next in line right now. So I, I'm, I think you got to take the Bulldogs here. I, I had Dartmouth picked at first in this matchup. Um, I do really like them. They're really enticing. Dartmouth will win faceoffs. They will win it by about 70% because their face, their FOGO guy, like I've mentioned, is by far the best in the Ivy League. And Yale is definitely not that good at the not, face-off line. Not at all. Like, they might even have higher than a 70% line in this game. Um, the only issue that I have, and the thing that turned my head away from keeping my Dartmouth pick, is the fact that Dartmouth is dead last, I think, besides Holy Cross, in turnovers per game this year. They average, like, 22.3 five or something like that per game uh, which is a lot and you can't do that against a Yale team whose offense if they are clicking again will capitalize so I, like if a team's not going to get the ball from face off you can't turn it over and just give it back to them which Dartmouth's gonna do so I, I'm gonna take the home team I'm gonna take Yale in this game all right next up we have Lehigh taking on Bucknell at Bucknell, very interesting. This is a big-time trap game. I think if you're Lehigh, you're sitting at right now number three, might be looking at number two if BU drops that game against Yale tomorrow night. So, And you're playing a Bucknell team who you know, has really just bounced back after a like lopsided win against Mercer at the beginning of the year and then just kind of fell off a cliff, and now they've kind of resurged. Um, I'm going to go with Lehigh here, but you got to take this game seriously. Bucknell, they're, they're looking to rack up some Patriot League wins and get into the tournament and shock the world. Bucknell stuck with Army and gave them a really good game. I do think Lehigh is pretty good, though. And I think Lehigh wins a couple more and they get themselves back in top 20 contention. Uh, I think this team is a, still a very high threat to win the Patriot, especially with Loyola and BU as they are. And look how closely they played Army. Uh, so I think this is kind of almost like a must win for Lehigh in terms of them trying to continue their chances in the Patriot. So I'm going to take the Mountain Hawks. Uh, 
yeah, this Lehigh team is for real. Their offense is really good, which normally Lehigh's defense is really good, and they definitely have a good defense. Like Boyd mentioned last week with his dog of the week, their freshman LSM or close defenseman. Uh, but their offense is able to complement that this year. Uh, I'm going to take Lehigh as well. Next up, we have a very interesting game. Mount St. Mary's goes on the road to Marist. Teams that are kind of really playing their best lacrosse in conference to try to make a play for that AQ. The Mount has won four straight after an abysmal start to the year. And moreover, this offense, which put up like four against Towson, has put up 20 and 18 in their last two outings. Marist is fresh off a really stunning win, 10 to 9, against Manhattan, the league leading Jaspers of the MAC. Contrary to everything, Mount St. Mary's is 3 and 2 on the road. They have a winning record on the road, which is not what you would expect from a MAC team. So what the hell? I'm going to take Mount St. Mary's. I'm going to take them on the road. And I think they continue this momentum against Marist. Yeah, Mount's doing some crazy stuff right now. They turned their season around. They're averaging 16 goals a game in their last four. And they're averaging 10.25 against in their last four. So their defense and their offense are working well together right now. Marist has done well. I mean, they upset Manhattan, which I don't think any of us thought was going to happen. Um, but, like, they still lost to Canisius and Quinnipiac that I think are struggling teams. I don't know. The thing I'm taking out, just because they've been more consistent in conference play, and Marist is a little bit more turbulent, so I'm going to take the team that is consistent to me. I look at this game, and... I'm glad you mentioned the Manhattan game last week because we all took Manhattan. Um, however, we said we were surprised, but look at if you look at the stats, Marist leads the series against Manhattan 15 to 12 and have won five of the last seven matchups against Manhattan. Now, uh, now six of the last eight. So, and if you look at the numbers of this game, you have, oh shoot. If you look at the numbers of this game, Mount St. Mary's does, does lead the series 11-6, to six, but Marist has won the last five straight. Um, so I'm going to go with the numbers here. I'm going with the Red Foxes at home, take down Mount St. Mary's to kill their momentum. Interesting. Home team in the MAC. Always got to think about it. A fair play. Next up, we have 15th-ranked Penn on the road up in Rhode Island taking on Brown, Bears. I was high on Penn to start the year. For those listeners who have been with us since our December preseason recording, I picked Penn very high, a top five team, gave them a national championship bid, all of it. But they continue to get away with freaking bloody murder in these games. They had no business beating Yale. I'm happy they did because I took them, but like they had no business winning that game. None. Penn and Brown split their series last year. Brown won at Franklin Field during the regular season, and then Penn won at Brown at, in the Ivy League tournament. I think Brown 
with their dudes back is just a different team. We saw them against Villanova. Like, I, I think Brown doesn't let Penn pull their shit like they have been. And I think Brown sticks it to them. And I think Brown does not let them win a close game. And I like the Bears here. I think they get themselves back into maybe top 20 contention and they subdue Penn a little bit because I'm so sick and tired of seeing Penn winning these like heart palpitating games. And I think the Brown team says, no, we're not doing this. We're beating them. Listen, um, all very good points, but I think this is another game where you got to um, you got to go back to the numbers right now. Um, the ult- the ultimate series is this game has a lot of history. It, Brown leads the series thirty six to twenty four, but Penn has won three of the last four games, um, and that's with that's I think that's with pretty much all of their guys because they've met. Five times in the last three seasons. So, um, last three full seasons. They didn't play in 2020 or 2021. Um, so, they, I would imagine that those guys who played in 2019 are still technically playing now. Um, I'm going to go with Penn here um, just because they've won three of the last four matchups. They know these guys on Brown, they know how they play. I mean, they play. They've played each other so much. I think that they've pretty much got their got all their strategies ready, and they've played around this time of the year as well. So they're used to playing Brown at this point in the season, and they know what it takes to win. Um, especially, I mean, you look at the last couple of games for Penn. Like, yeah, heart palpitating games, but Brown. I think that game against Princeton just was a little little scary for me because I was just like, I was all in on Brown. I was ready to ready for them to run the run the rails off of uh, Princeton. But Penn, I, I think they're gaining some steam, and I think they take it to them. I, Penn is 4-4 four and four on the year. Uh, their goal differential, though, is minus 7. Their biggest margin of victory is against Georgetown in the first game of the season. They won by 2. Their other three wins are by one, and they mm-hmm. were two overtime wins against St. Joe's and Princeton, and then Yale, where they scraped by and almost went to overtime in that game. So I just I struggle picking Penn. I also really don't like them, so this might be my bias against them kicking in because I just don't want to pick them. And Browns at home, I just. There's two things that if Brown do, they will win this game. And that's like Penn outside of it. The McLean brothers need to freaking just stop spraying and praying because I think they had like 45 shots combined between the two of them against Princeton, which is just like, come on, pick some better ones. Don't just hope on a string. I get it, Devin. You just came back. But like, come on, man, do better than that. Don't make up all the missed shots that you had just because you got yourself suspended. Uh, I... If they can do that, they'll be good. And Theral also had his worst game of the season. He only saved 41% against Princeton, and I don't imagine him saving that low again and having a season low against Penn. So I think those two things combined will allow Brown to complete the quote-unquote 
upset over Penn in this game. Dry band quote of the year. Put it on a T-shirt, spraying and praying brown bears. I freaking love it. <laughs> something, something to think about in the near future. Something to think about. <laughs> um, all righty, next up, um, we got another A-Sun matchup. Our fun team of the week, the Utah Utes, making their name known again across the country with a big win over Jacksonville this weekend, taking on Bobby Moe. I think Utah, they got momentum. They're hitting their stride. They got their it, – it, it looks like whenever they shoot, they just can't miss. I mean, their first – driving said it earlier, the first goal against Jacksonville was over the head, no look, Thompson style. So I think you got to go with the Utes here. They got momentum. And, uh, yeah, Bobby Moe, man, um, they can find ways to win, but they just – they're you need offensive production. You need offensive That's production. Because they're frauds, boy. <laughs> you have a real team against in Utah going against a fraud, fraud, fraud in Bobby Moe. Utah's winning this game. You can't lose to Mercer. Oh, man, that is so tough, the Colonials. Yeah, the Utes are going to win this one and progress further in their season. Next up, we've got our, I think, the last A-10 matchup of this weekend. We have St. Joe's traveling to St. Bonaventure, and Bonnies have looked oh so terrible this year. So this is not even because I just think St. Joe's is about to hit a stride. I'm taking St. Joe's just because Bonnies look so bad. Yeah, uh, I think in the future, the St. Bonaventure Bonnies can be a really value-add program to the A-10. It's a shame they're just having a down year. So, yeah, St. Joe's. Yeah, I don't got much to add. I got the Hawks here. Bonnie's just bottom of the barrel in the A-10 right now. They're going to stay there. All right, moving on to a huge... America East bout. It's a battle at the top. We've got Vermont traveling to Binghamton. Both of these teams are 3-0 in conference play. And honestly, it's going to be a slugfest. Vermont's win against Merrimack was really impressive for me because it saw two freshmen lead the offense with four points. Uh, And that was Whitaker and Boyle. And that gives me a lot of confidence in this team because the one thing that I did not think they had was offensive production outside of Brock Haley. So I'm very happy about that. Um, and Binghamton is seven and two. It's a great record, but I am still confused about what type of team's going to show up week in, week out. I like, I'm just not sure. And to cap it off, Vermont's last regular season America East loss was in the middle of the year against Binghamton in 2021. Since then, they are 11-0 in regular season America East games. So I think Vermont knows this is their conference. I went against them earlier in the year, thinking they would lose an America East game against Albany, and I was oh so wrong. I am not going against them again. I'm picking the Catamounts on the road. Maybe surprising, but this Binghamton-Vermont series is tied 10-10 all-time, though Vermont has won three of the last five. But you would not have expected the Bearcats and Catamounts to be that tight. It's really close. Mm-hmm. The series is tied 10-10? to Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Vermont, Vermont has won three 
their last three games after losing three prior. So it's kind of a 3-3 split, kind of up and down everywhere. I think the Bearcats have a pretty good offense. I think they have a pretty potent offensive attack. And I think that kind of gives them the edge here against Vermont. I'm going to go with Binghamton here. I think Vermont has been shut down defensively at times. Granted, that was against very good defensively oriented teams. But I'm going to go with the home Bearcats here. I think this is not the uh, Binghamton team that shows up against NJIT. This is the Binghamton team that shows up and comes to play and topple Vermont. Uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise, but uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I think uh, I think the Bearcats can get it done. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, you look at the series and, you know, they're tied 10-10. to 10. Binghamton does have a realistic chance, I think, but – I have to go with what I have to go with what Dryband stated. Like Vermont's what 10, 11 and 0 in the American East since that loss in 2021. I mean, that's not momentum you can kill very easily unless you have a very special group. And I don't know if Binghamton is that kind of group, considering what time of what kind of team they have been this year and in years past. So I'm gonna stick with Vermont here. I like the Cats. Um, I think they just make their claim even more even more known across the American East that, hey, we are top dog here. One last uh, little very weird fact to throw in. Binghamton is at home, but home field advantage has almost been their kryptonite this year. Mm-hmm. They've only played three games. They are two and one in those three games. That one loss is the weird, complete dismantling they had by Lafayette. And the two wins have been against St. John's and NJIT, who I think are combined like two and 16 or something like that. And both of those games, they won by one goal. So home is not a friend to Binghamton. I'm ignoring that and sticking with the Bearcats. (laughs) Ignore the facts. Yes. Next up, we have... (laughs) Number 11, Villanova on the road across the country to the 16th ranked Denver Pioneers. Goes without saying, a tremendously big, big East top 20 matchup. Last year was the first time Nova beat Denver in their four prior tries, and it was in the Big East tournament semifinal, no less. Boys, this is Bill Tyranny Day in Denver. They're having a whole ceremony before the game, a banquet after the game. It is Coach Tyranny Day. Do you really think the Pioneers want that spoiled for a coach? I certainly don't think so. Denver did not look great against Georgetown, but they are 3-0 and at home when teams have to fly across the country to play them. I think the Cats are set back here again. I like Denver at home. I think Vermont has the unfortunate reality of just playing them at the wrong time, but I, I think this might be the other. I think that, yeah, the cats. Okay. Uh, I think this might be, I think this might be the semifinal game because I think Georgetown probably maybe beats Villanova later. So I think this is a rematch of the semifinal that was the semifinal last year. So definitely not the last time we're going to see this. I. This game is going to be great, and 
oh, so sweet God, I curse the person at Denver that made their own freaking streaming site and just we can't watch any of their home games because this might be the game of the week for me. And I'm, I'm going to take Villanova in this game. I do think they spoil that day. I think Villanova is a solid squad. They disappointed me against Brown a lot. And I was very sad about that. But they came back, tightened the screws against St. John's, and did exactly what they should have done against a team that is leagues below them. Denver, looking at their last four games, the only impressive game in my mind was their win at North Carolina. Hats off to them for that one. Good job. But they beat a North Carolina team that then turned around got smacked by Duke, beat Brown with no seniors, and then they just went on to play three cupcake teams in a row with Dartmouth, Dartmouth, High Point, and Providence, all at home. And then you look at it, they lost to Yale, and we all know the struggles Yale's had, and they only put up 11, I mean, they only put up nine goals against that defense. It's mind-boggling how they did that. Then they beat Ohio State, 17-12. Looking good. You're at home. You beat Ohio State. But now we know that Ohio State is a bunch of trash people, and they're not a good team. (laughs) You think I'm after their personhood. (laughs) Trash people? That's a lot. Coach Myers is going to come and beat your ass for saying that. That's America's coach. It's a bunch of trash players. Let me restate my statement. (laughs) They're just not good this year. It's a dumpster fire that slowly came out of nowhere. and. Then they get just completely smacked by Georgetown on the road. So, I, I it, all the stars are aligning for Villanova just to come and kind of like knock on Denver's door and say, "Hey, you you should be fringe top twenty team. You're not supposed to be here near us. The top of this conference is us in Georgetown." So I think Villanova makes that statement, spoils Tyranny's day. Go Cats. Another game, another another instance where you got to go back and just look at the numbers and look at the history. Denver leads the series 15-4, to four, have, lost, have won four of the last five, only loss was last year. Um, prior to that, Villanova beat them at home by one. Um, I believe that was when they, they just like scored two goals with like a couple of minutes left. Um, but then you got to go all the way back to 2001 prior to find the, the last Villanova win. Denver, they've just owned this series. Um, I think despite all of Denver's struggles, the last, actually not even the last, this whole season, really. Um, if you're Denver's players, you're getting together in, in a team meeting, player-only meeting, and you're saying, we are going to get our shit together for this one game. And one game only because it is Coach Tierney's day, and we'll be damned to let him down. Um, so I think Denver shocks him. I think Denver takes down the Wildcats. Um, and this is, like Glazer said, another Big East semifinal matchup. Um, 
I hate picking against Villanova. They're a great team, and I think they'll go far. I think they'll end up winning the Big East anyway. But this is their day. This is Denver's day. So I think you got to go with the, the Pioneers here. All right. Well, I like being the odd man out when it comes to that stuff. Next up, <laughs> we have a huge matchup of two CAA teams that are 3-0 and in their conference. And better yet, they're both on four-game win streaks. We have Stony Brook traveling to Drexel. And, oh, my God, this game is so hard to pick. I don't know if you guys have looked at their stats for these two teams over their four-game win streaks, but they are almost identical. Yep. And I mean, like, almost down to the percent identical. Drexel is scoring 15.75 points goals per game and allowing 10.5. Stony Brook is scoring 16.25 goals per game and allowing 8.75. Stony Brook's faceoff percentage is 49.1. Drexel's faceoff percentage is 47.5. Stony Brook's save percentage is 57.8. Drexel's is 55.4. I, like their their stats are identical across the board, and it's just incredible that they're so similar at, during this four game streak. The literal only stat I found that they're that they vary a decent amount on is that Stony Brook beats Drexel in turnovers per game with only fifteen to Drexel's eighteen point three. So that is something to take note, but. Because they're just so similar, I'm going to have to stick with the home team. And I'm going to pick the Dragons in this game. And honestly, (laughs) to be completely honest, this game, just from the bottom of my gut, I can hear a little voice in the back of my head going, this feels like a Dragons win. Like, this just feels like that game where Drexel's just going to sneak a win. And it happens every year because Drexel is a good program. And there's always a game that I'll pick that I don't think Drexel has any right winning and they win. And I'm like, I should have known they would win. It's Drexel. This is that game in my mind. And I'm doing it this time. I'm picking Drexel. I have them winning at home in a huge, huge CAA game. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I'm taking the Dragons as well. And yeah, it was very tough to pick this game considering that both of these teams won one goal games against Towson and Towson I think we can all say is buns no no they're not buns I'm I'm saying I'm saying they're buns they're two and seven they are buns they're record Uh, buns they're They're not playing buns (laughs) but yeah I'm gonna go with Drexel here I think uh I think they just have a little momentum on their side, um, more so than Stony Brook. Um, plus, I I think their offense can produce at a higher rate than Stony Brook. Like Stony Brook, we've said it all year. They seem to they they have a high producing offense, but it's struggled at times. Um, I mean, ten to nine against Providence, um, eleven to seven against Rutgers, um, and we all thought that game was going to be like a 17 to 15 type game like the Yale Penn game um so I like Drexel here at home um 
team with the more. I think they, they're playing with a little bit more heart, a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder after last season. And uh, I think they're looking to make some noise here. What makes this game even more interesting is that I don't think they're, I think this is the first ever meeting before, between these two programs. I don't think there's any history. So that yeah. there's nothing to go off of there either. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go in a different direction than both of you. I, I think Drybane, you're right. The stats are identical, but I think for me, they differed enough to point me in the direction of Stony Brook. I think the faceoffs, I think the saves, I think especially the turnovers, I think it just gives the Seawolves just enough more to win. And that little voice that's telling you to pick Drexel, that voice was that voice for me when they played Lafayette. And I feel like I got that Drexel win, and I don't feel like I can get two in one season. Dragon Breath only strikes once. So I'm going to go with the Seawolves here, but an incredible game. Love that it's kind of unconventional CAA powerhouses here. Uh, But yeah, Stony Brook in a very, very, very tight one. All righty, moving on, we have another Patriot League matchup. Our number eight team, Army, is taking on Colgate. Colgate struggling, Army not struggling. I, we got, I mean, yeah, I got, we, I'm, I think we, I can speak for all of us. We have the Black Knights here. Yes, correct point. Yeah. I'm nodding my head, but this is a podcast, so I need to speak. Yes, Army. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, then. We have Towson traveling to Hofstra. Uh, Voight just mentioned it, and I know I say it every week, but Towson is just oh so much better than their record suggests, I think. And Hofstra still just looks not bad, but sad to me, even after their win against Monmouth. I, I, I don't want to pick the pride. They just look so bad this year, so I, I have to pick Towson in this game. Listen, um, sure. Yeah, Towson, they've maybe lost some games that they should have won. Um, but I'm picking Hofstra here, and I'm picking Hofstra for this sole reason. Yesterday, I opened Twitter, and I don't know if you guys frequent Twitter or visit Twitter very much. I, Glazer, I don't think you even have one. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> but I followed this meme page called no context college lacrosse and they posted a video of Hofstra's uh post game like speech with the head coach um just it was very emotional you can tell the guys have been through hell this year um they're returning i think three or four starters who should who were injured this week and they recently had a player lose a family member prior to the season. So I think they're on a high emotion train. They're getting their players back. Stars are aligning. I think the pride take it to the Tigers here. I think they I think they have everything going for them right now. Their record, not great. We get that. But they're walking them into Towson. Or well, Towson's rather walking into their house on and they're playing a very emotional Hofstra team. I think the Hofstra take this one. Take this one. Um, just after I saw that video, I'm like, "There's no way Hofstra's losing this week. I, I I can't pick against them." I'm looking up this no context college across, and the background page is that historic Colorado Mesa win over mm-hmm. Johnson Wales, 52 to nothing. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a man. fantastic this is, page. This is a, a precious Twitter page. page. I want to hat trick lacrosse picks endorses this Twitter page. This is incredible. Um, but I, yeah, Dryband said it. I have more respect for Towson than their record. Um, I think we all, even though Hofstra beat Monmouth, I think I'm still confident in that Monmouth pick. Like, just don't trust Hofstra enough. And yeah, Taos needs to win again. It's winning time again for the Tigers. And they feel like they they should have beaten Thunder Brook. Really, they should have. And they gave it away. And I don't think they give this one away. So I like them against the Pride. All righty. Next up, I think this is a fairly easy one as well. NJIT taking on Merrimack. Merrimack um, was America's team for the first four weeks of the season. And now they've kind of hit a decline, but I think they bounce back, take down NJIT here. I'm so happy I get to pick Merrimack again and be fully behind my pick. I am also taking the Warriors against NJIT. I agree. It, this does not get them back to America's team status, but it's a good win. Moving on to a huge, oh, well, they're all big conference games, honestly, at this point in time. Albany is traveling to Bryant in a big America East game. This is so Bryant can try to stay on top of the America East along with the winner of the Vermont and Binghamton game. And Bryant's offense is still as explosive as ever. And honestly, that Air Force game just looks like a blip now with every single game as every week passes by. I think they haven't scored less than like 15 in a game besides that Air Force game this year. So they're click in on a real high level and honestly i i threw them a, a place in my top 20 they're my 20th team just because of how good they've looked and the consistency that their offense is playing with is just monumental so i think albany's win against umbc was really big for the program's morale there but i don't think they're picking up a win on the road against bryant go bulldogs totally agree i think bryant is a uh class above the great danes here and is uh probably a uh, next echelon of america east team and yeah at home i have no question that the bulldogs will win this one yeah albany not playing great bryant playing very well this season um first time these teams are playing each other since 2015 um i don't think it's any different from their last matchup i think the bulldogs come away with a win here Moving on to probably the game of the day. Well, I guess it depends on which game you really want to focus on. There's two fantastic games here to cap off the Saturday. We have number one Duke traveling to number four Notre Dame. And Duke finally convinced me against Virginia that they deserve to be up there with the rest of the top teams as one of the best teams in the country. And as much as it pains me to say it, I do think right now they are the best team in the country. And I think a big part of that is what Voight touched on. Their defense just looks phenomenal. And I think it does a really similar job that Virginia's did to the Cavanaugh's just a few weeks ago. And I think this Duke team is going to be able to outscore Notre Dame in another ACC slugfest. Uh, not to mention that I think Naso is going to have a bounce back game. He did not do well against LaSala in that UVA game, even though Duke won. But I think he's going to be able to feast against Notre Dame. Um, and 
look out for McDory to have a bounce back game. He went pointless against Virginia, which is crazy. So I think he's probably looking for some, you know, <laughs> some good plays to get back into the groove of things. So I think Duke is going to travel to Notre Dame and steal one from the Fighting Irish. I think this is this is probably one of the most evenly matched games between top tier teams I've seen in a while. Um, I mean, yeah, Duke has Brennan O'Neill, but Notre Dame also has Chris Fake, who is a big boy in and of himself. Um, so definitely gonna that, that's gonna be a, a I don't even know what's the saying like an strength immovable an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. Oh um, yeah, there you go. That's yeah. the saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of it's it's just gonna be one of those games. Um and it's definitely gonna be one through Notre Dame's offense as well. Um they really need to play well against this Duke defense who has been disrespectfully flying under the radar um as one of the top defenses in the country. Um and yeah, I think but I think Duke by beating UVA I think they have entered that carousel, and I think that carousel keeps moving. I think Notre Dame takes them down, but I would probably, I'll probably feel differently come Friday after Friday night, Friday afternoon. Um, but for right now, I, I can't trust anybody inside the top five to consistently beat other top tier teams. So I think uh, Corrigan comes in with a plan to take down to neutralize this uh, this Duke offense and really use his defense uh defense very effectively so i'm gonna stick with the irish here but i might feel different boy the carousel is exactly why i'm taking notre dame i don't think anyone can handle number one this year i don't and i think that kind of duke almost plays this game kind of like they did against jacksonville and i think notre dame has a statement performance. Notre Dame owned this matchup last year. They won 16-15 and 16-14. I think they have a really nice performance at home. And I don't know. I think Duke's obviously a very, very high caliber team. But this feels like kind of like one where Duke kind of rotates back out. Notre Dame rotates back up. And like we just have chaos in the ACC. So I like the Irish here. I like them at home. And uh, I like them to be number one next week. Let me just say my heart will be with you guys. I want Notre Dame to win this game, but I just I just feel like Duke's going to. Follow your heart, Dry Band. Follow your heart. All right. Uh last game of the week of the week. No Sunday games. Yeah. Easter weekend. Yeah. Oh, and Masters. Masters. Gotta think about that as well. We can't have we can't have lacrosse during Masters Sunday. It's unacceptable. Absolutely not. Like that that that's blasphemy. Um can I say that? Um but all right, moving on. We have top ten matchup. The Hopkins Blue Jays at number five, taking on the number seven Penn State Nittany Lions. Um yeah. Uh Hopkins faithful, they are riding high they they're acting like they are riding in the trojan horse and they made it in detroit um they're so excited they're so high on themselves their ego is through the roof and rightfully so they have a great team great offense um defense uh 
a little chippy here and there, borderline disrespectful. But um, you got to be a tough defense to uh, to succeed in this league. So um, I'm I'm not like totally against it, but I think the Nittany Lions they're riding high. They are looking to bounce back after that three and ten season, um, making noise in the Big Ten. I think that Marquette loss was. I think what we said a couple of times this episode and this year, it's a blip on their radar. Um, and I think they're looking, they, I think they're just learning from that game and moving on because that's what you got to do at the D- division one level. You lose, you move on, you learn from it and you go and play the next team. Um, Hopkins, uh, they are, uh, I, I, I don't think I can add much more about Hopkins other than just great team all around. Um, but, Nittany Lions, I think the story is told there. I think Penn State takes this win. I I really, really, really wish that Marquette game did not exist because I would be just oh so more confident about picking Penn State. I am taking Penn State in this game, but it shakes me to the core that that Marquette game exists because I don't know what team showed up in that game. I really don't. And Against Big Ten matchup, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't hold a lot of weight in Penn State's wins over Penn and Yale. I think they're just kind of average wins at this point. Big they Ten beat is Cornell. A... Yes, I'm not including Cornell in that. Cornell is a phenomenal win. I think, like I said, Cornell is in a different tier than everybody else in the Big – I mean, in the Ivy. So, in my mind, Penn State has really only played, like, four big games, and that's Villanova – Cornell, Maryland, Ohio State. And honestly, Ohio State, I don't know if I want to include them in that because they're not really that big of a team. So they're one and two in those three games with their only win against Cornell and they lost to Maryland and Villanova. So it is really, really tempting to pick Hopkins. And I really want to, but just it being at Penn State makes me hesitant to do that. And if that offense that came out against Ohio State shows up again. I know I said Ohio State's bad, but like putting up 17 against a Big Ten team is still very hard to do. I, it's just, yeah, I just have to pick Penn State right now. I might flip to Hopkins. I don't know. We'll see. But right now I, I am taking Penn State. Do it. You already go there. <laughs> it's tempting. <laughs> it is tempting to stay am... with my guys. I am also going to take Penn State, and I am honestly shocked that all three of us are taking the Nittany Lions. I think if any of the three of us, I would probably be the one to take Hopkins, and I'm kind of surprised I'm not. But I, I can't bring myself to do it. Hopkins has looked very good, and it's almost because they've looked very good. I think they lose this game. I don't think they go 3-0 and in the Big Ten. I think Penn State kind of brings them back to earth in the Big Ten, brings them back to contention. I think the Nittany Lions rise to the occasion at Panzer, 7 o'clock, right at sunset. This is a huge, huge game. Blue Jays will make a fight of this. They want this game to be close. I think Penn State will look to pull away, just like they did against Ohio State, and I think they do. I think Penn State is just playing a more energized level of lacrosse that I think wins a high-intensity game like this one. Hopkins would be a very good pick here, but I got to go with the Nittany Lions. 
Well, that's it. Boys, um, who do we have tonight? UConn or San Diego State? I mean, UConn. Like, UConn. yeah, UConn. I mean, I don't know. San Diego State, they, they played they played a lot of close games. Um, and that FAU game was very close and, like, tournament-defining moment. And I think any tournament champion um, has that moment. Um, so I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if San Diego State. They're actually starting up right now. Also, whoever puts a championship game at 9:20 on a it's Monday my night I mean, should be on. arrested. Should be arrested. It's because you know after work for all the West Coasters. It's only six twenty for them there. Like they're it's gonna not lose midtime yet. Eight twenty now. It's perfect. It's when Monday yeah. night football starts. Some great times over here. Oh my goodness. Drive so at you, UConn. Oh, I I think UConn's gonna win. I I want them to win just because if they do, they have the most like under the radar dynasty of all time for any sports. I mean, it's five title wins in what twenty five years, I think. Like one every five years, that's a dynasty. Like that's crazy, and like no one's talking about them because like every other year they're just not really that good, and they just fly under the radar. It's wild. So that's why I want them to win. <laughs> I also have the Huskies. I think they're just they're playing a different level of basketball than anyone else right now. So Blazer Gettysburg taking on York this week. It's a big one. And Swarthmore. Swarthmore is looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Lynchburg needs a bounce back after Saturday. That was brutal. We won't talk about it. We won't talk, we won't about, talk it. about it. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Um, but certainly we got a great week ahead of us. Um, I'm embracing the parody this week. I think I have like seven or eight different games where I pick differently than you gents. Um, so, you know, if I can't beat the chaos, I might as well embrace the chaos. I like it, boy. Have a lovely Easter, everyone. Thank you for listening, and let's have one hell of an April.